Hi, I'm Mike Marino, and this is a brand new episode of Live from My Mother's Basement. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, or good afternoon, wherever you are in this world, or whatever time it is while you're watching this pre-recorded show. Welcome to Live from My Mother's Basement. I'm your crazy host, comedian Mike Marino, and today I'm very lucky, I don't even know where you drove in from, but I'm having one of the coolest, craziest, wildest, most funnest, uh, should I say influencer? I like to say host, because you're a host when I watch you. This is Rozo Rosella. I wanted to say ragu. She's not an heiress to the ragu family. She made me aware of that. No, not even How do you say it again? Rago. My name is Rosella. Rosella. Rago. Rago. How gorgeous is that? Do you know where the name comes from? No, but you're going to tell me. So, guess what my name was supposed to be? What was your name supposed to be? Guess. Um, guess? Rose? No. Rosella? No. They were going to name me, because in an Italian family, you name your children after the paternal grandparents. Like, yeah, the, okay. That's why you have I'm families. Michael. Yeah, but then in, in a family, you have 17 Michaels, right? You right, have, like, yeah. big Michael, little Michael, Joey's Michael, Angela's Michael. So, like, in my family, my father's mother's name, God bless her, her name was Pasqua. Oh, wow. That's a nice name. Pasqua. I don't think I've ever heard that name. Pasqua means Easter, Esther. Right. Easter. Oh, yeah. Bona Pasqua. Bona Pasqua, yeah. I was going to be, so they were going to call me either Pasquatina or Pasqualina. And I was going to be Tina or Lena. But, you know, luckily, not luckily, I mean, my father's sister passed away at 32. Oh. And her name was Rosa. So my mother goes to my grandma. She's like, you know. Since we already have a Pasqua, maybe I could, you know, and she got Rosella, and Rosella means Scarlet, like Scarlet O'Hara, Gone with the Wind, Gone with the Wind in Italian, it's Rosella O'Hara. That's You've great. seen Gone with the Wind, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're old enough to see Gone with the Wind. Oof. I'm, I'm, she got me. I'm, yes, I am. Yeah, I've seen Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. I've, you've seen Gone with the Wind, I've seen Gone, so yeah, I'm Rosella. She has such a great accent. I'm from Brooklyn. Is it, are you really from Brooklyn? I That's am, Brooklyn? Bro yeah. You didn't come here from Brooklyn tonight, did I you? I did. Really? Where the hell, where'd you think I came from? I don't know. I was thinking Staten Island. Don't get mad. Uh, you know, yeah. but everyone from Staten Island is from Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Brooklyn. Wow. Brooklyn. You still out in Brooklyn? I am, yeah. We were here. So I was born in Brooklyn, in Bensonhurst. And then when I was eight, we moved to New Jersey. I hated it. And when I was 18, I moved back to Brooklyn. I love when Brooklyn people, they say they hate New Jersey. I just, I'm Is not. Is it that much different? You know, New Jersey hated me, to be fair. Really? I was not popular. I was a little weird. My brother got along with all the upper middle class Jews. I, I didn't fare so well. I was, I, look at me. I looked like this when I was eight, still. <laughs> you know, you had this like leopard print lunatic with, with gold hoops running around. It wasn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't blend. You know, yeah. like in my cousin Vinny, oh, yeah. you blend. I you didn't blend. blend. I don't blend. I'm not a blender. Like, I kind of stick out wherever the hell I go. I'm usually in leopard or lemons. And here I have you in the suburbs. Me too, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen a, an acorn tree that's I, right out in front? I, you know, I, I, I spent time in the suburbs, but I feel crazy. I feel like, we, you know, did you ever watch Sex in the City? Yeah. You know when, when Aiden takes Carrie to Suffren? Well, I don't watch that close, but well, okay, yes, I like, know Suffren. He takes her upstate to upstate New York, and they chose a place to call it a place called Suff Suffren, New York, actually does exist. But it's not upstate New York. It's like by the Palisades, like where you cross the street and it's New Jersey. But there's a joke that he's, she's like, I'm suffering and suffering because like she sees a squirrel and she's all freaked out and she can't like, you know, she blows the oven up. <laughs> I don't like silence. I like loud. I'm used to having like Conchetta next door, like asking if you went to the bathroom, you know, like I'm used to having the guy across the street watch your parking spot. I'm not used to like... This, this, this is fantastic because I, I guess there were certain parts of my research that I didn't do. I wasn't thinking Brooklyn at all, but this is definitely a Brooklyn girl. Look how tough she just got all of a sudden. And I'm telling her, you know, got to be careful. There's squirrels, there's trees. And she's probably saying to, my, saying to herself, what's the big deal? But where the I'm hell did Brooklyn. you think I was? Did you think I was from England or something? You no, thought I was no, British? No. Like, <laughs> when people are like, because anybody that has a Brooklyn accent, they, you know, you can turn it on and you can turn it off. Because in the beginning of my career... I started um, making cooking shows with my grandmother in 2009, and I took it very seriously. I wanted to be a Food Network host, but at that time, you know, 
there was nobody on the Food Network like me. There was nobody that looked like me, that sounded like me. So I really tried to study what I thought a Food Network host should look like and sound like, and and I started to talk like this. Like, oh, and I and I, yeah. I can do that because kind of, kind of sold out a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I but you know I was it's casting. It's not selling out. I would I thought that was what the role demanded. And to be my mom is an actress, and I've actually been in the entertainment business since I was eleven. I joined SAG in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, listen to all this wonderful. Full stuff. My first job ever was the first season of Sopranos. I was 11 years old, and they had this big wedding scene, and I was an extra. And you know, and I fell in love with being on on sets. I loved being on sets. I, I worked as a stand-in on TV shows and movies for 15 years, until 2015 when I did this, started doing this full time. And then you know, I just I, I love show business. I mean. I'm glad that you said this because when I watch you, I'm thinking, okay, well, look at this. This is really, really cool stuff. It makes me hungry. It makes me think about, wish my grandmother was still around and, and the good old days. And, you know, I've been doing stand-up comedy about uh, having an Italian family my whole life. However, uh, I didn't even cut my teeth as a comedian until I moved to California. I never wanted to be a comedian. Me and my two brothers, my mother, my father, we all have blonde hair and blue eyes. So you can imagine when we were really, really young, it was bright thick blonde hair wow. so nobody even thought we were from an italian family we're just considered the irish kids or the midi gons and i'm like no my mother she don't sound like you guys at all where in italy are you from my parents are from duronia which is in Campobasso, and we are brutes oh cool mm -hmm. yeah, they got blondes there all her brothers and sisters are all from the same area of course and they came over to the united states around 15 16 20s some of them died at a very young age too and they never even made it over yeah and then the mass majority of close bloodline is in toronto canada oh there's so many italians in toronto you should I, I i went to toronto when my second book came out and i was in shock because it felt like new york new york new jersey staten island it felt like new york new jersey staten island 20 years ago yeah and they were still very united and still very proud and still all knew each other. They're all in this suburb called Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, they're all there. Woodbridge. Woodbridge and Vaughn. I love Woodbridge and Vaughn. I would move there in a second. I was J-Lo there. I, went, I did a book signing at Costco. They were waiting for me. And no, no, it was great. I love it there. No kidding. I'd go back there in a second. Well, where are your family from? My entire family is from a village in Puglia. Do you know where Puglia is? Well, I've only been to Italy once. And mostly it was to see... Uh, where my family was from, and I was working on a TV commercial, so I know Rome, Gaeta, mm -hmm. the touristy places, yeah. and that's pretty much it. So where I'm from is touristy now because of Instagram, because mm -hmm. we have this really pretty town, not the one I'm from. I'm not from the pretty town. I'm from the place next to the pretty town. There's this pretty town called Polignana Mare that has, it's like a beach between two cliffs. There's a restaurant and a grotto that nobody can afford. They're not even nice to you there. It's very pretty, but they're not nice. <laughs> and I'm from a town next door called Mola di Bari. But both my parents are from there. They immigrated separately. My father came when, in, when he was 14. My mother came and stayed when she was about 20. And it's not weird that they met here because everybody from Oladibadi went to Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn first. From Carroll Gardens, they went to Bensonhurst. Then from Bensonhurst, they started moving everywhere else. But there's about 17 Molays clubs in my neighborhood. They all know each other. They all fight. There's a Molays club here, too. And if you're not from oh, that God. area, they won't let you in the club. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. I'm we're like, hey, nice we're Italians. We're not nice people. No. No, we're very, being, Molay, being from Puglia is like having like a personality disorder. Is you, that right? Oh, you have to do a lot of therapy because you're not happy for anyone. <laughs> you're not, you're very jealous. You're not like, you're just, you're naturally mistrustful. Um, the food's great, but you know, terrible people, terrible mentality. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. So when did your family all come over? My, well, they came separately. Um, I, by, and in 1980, they got married, my parents, at the Hollywood Terrace in, uh, in Bensonhurst. They had the light up floor. You know, like Saturday Night Fever. My yeah. father was a waiter there, so he got a really what, good deal. What, a 2000 deal. Space Odyssey? What was it called? Uh, well, yeah, that's where they filmed Saturday Night Fever. Right. But, you know, the, the hole, the famous hole, the Hollywood Terrace had to copy the dance floor. It was all the rage. Oh, wow. You yeah. know, so. I didn't, do, I didn't do Brooklyn at all. Maybe a couple of times. There used to be a comedy club called Pips. I went out there a long, long time oh, yeah. ago. 
Was that Sheepshead Bay or something like Probably. that? Probably. Now Probably. when I go out to Brooklyn, I go as fast as I can. I, it's, it scares me. <laughs> it, it, why? It's, I don't know. It's just uh, one of those it things. It shouldn't scare. First of all, most of Brooklyn's very hip now. Yeah. You know, it's it's expensive and hip, and people who don't shower live there. <laughs> and then the the rest of Brooklyn, like I don't live in cool Brooklyn. I live I still live in Bensonhurst. I live in like the bowels of Brooklyn. You don't come to Bensonhurst unless you're really into pizza. Or you just, you know, you have to. Or, you, you know, you still have some, like, remnant fan. Everybody moved out of Bensonhurst, sadly. Bensonhurst, Bensonhurst. There's a guy I know. They call him Downtown Ronnie's from Bensonhurst. You know Downtown Ronnie? I do not know. No? The, Downtown Ronnie. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later, how I met that man and wherever he went for a long period of time. Well, they go to college. <laughs> college. Very yeah. studious people in yeah, Brooklyn. They, they study law. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, you got to go to college. <laughs> All right, yeah. so the family comes over from Italy. You're in Bensonhurst. Mm -hmm. Is that where you are now? Yeah, I'm still, still, still in there. Bensonhurst. I'm still there, yeah. You're still in the same uh, house that you grew up in like me? We still own that house. I don't live there anymore because I love my parents. Love them, love them, love them, but I never want to share a bathroom with them ever again. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to. It's hilarious. So I live a few that. blocks away. Oh. But when I was in college, I moved back to Brooklyn when I was 18 um, to go to St. John's University in Staten Island. I was going to be an Italian teacher because when you're, you know, a first-generation Italian-American girl, I, my first language was Italian. I didn't even speak English till I was five. Is that right? Yeah. So I was like, you know, what do you do with yourself? You don't know what to do with yourself. So you become a teacher and you hope somebody marries you by the time you're 25. Yeah, I can see that. I just got to stop real quick because our family was completely different. My mother and father said, that's it, you're Americans, we're not going to teach you how to speak Italian. That, but you're, you're a gen, like a, a generation before that's true. me. That's true. And your parents came in a, in, in a time where, you know, assimilation was paramount for them. Yes. Yeah. It's true. The generation after kind of remained Italian because they had these enclaves. These like microcosms. I didn't. I didn't know I was in America until you know I started watching TV. I had no reason to. All my all my <laughs> friends were like me. Yeah, I remember my parents would say to us when we were very very young, "There's no need for you to speak Italian. You're Americans, and that's it. And you guys look American more than anybody, so that's it." You do look American. You know, I I had weird Italian sayings on my clothes. You know, I I stuck out. Mm -hmm. I looked. I look. You know, I looked like an idiot. But well, we were. I mean, we are. I mean, remember we, 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 this area here, mm -hmm. there's a street called Cook Avenue. I think everybody's last name is DeFrancesco. And everybody makes wine and everybody makes, uh, whether you call it gravy or sauce. My family said gravy, and they're not from New Jersey, so I don't know what the problem was. I get along with gravy people. I'll I'm not it. one of you, but I see you. It's okay. I get along with gravy we can, people. We can coexist. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you live. I don't, you know, doesn't bother me. What does my it do mom, me? my mom, my grandmother, all of those people would always say gravy is made with meat. That's why it's gravy. That sauce is made with uh, marinara, and that's why it's marinara. As a almost failed Italian teacher, um, I can say that the entomology of the word gravy does mean that. Yes, that is probably it's probably like some guy named Vito was you know in the in the forties was talking to his factory worker friend named Bob. And Bob's like, Vito, what are you making? He's like, I'm making a, a sugo. Because the word sugo, sugo in Italian can mean the sauce of many things. It could mean the sauce that you make with meat or vegetables or whatever. And he's like, well, what's a sugo? He's like, you know, I make the onion, I make the garlic, then I put the the the, the meat, and then I put the wine, all the juice that come out of the meat. It's a beautiful. And he's like, well, huh, like a gravy? And he's like, Hey, yeah, you want to call it gravy? I call it gravy. It's okay. And then there you go, gravy. Now we have gravy. It's okay. We said gravy. My grandmother said gravy, and they were all like authentic uh, goombas. I, I don't fight with, with the gravy people. Yeah. I got bigger bigger battles. Yeah. You know? As far as I'm concerned, just let me know where you're eating, and I'm coming. Yeah, I can't get aggravated. Yeah, yeah. That. Well, this is really great. Okay, so the whole Brooklyn thing, Bensonhurst, mm -hmm. and then you were a bit with the acting bug at 11. Bit, yeah. Screen Actors Guild at 11? At 11, yeah. I got those waivers. I, I, I broke my ass to get those waivers. Is that right? I, yeah, you had to get three waivers, and then you were eligible. Then you were SAG eligible, and then I think the fee at the time was $1,600. Really? To join SAG, and 
my mother paid it for both my brother and I. But, you know, thank God that she did because I have health insurance because of SAG, you know, today. I I really, I owe a lot to, you know, the union. And I'm really, I'm really happy and sad to see the strike going on. Um, I'm happy that, you know, Fran Drescher, the nanny, you know, my, my, the, my, my Jesus Christ in many ways, I mean, is, uh, is fighting for the rights of performers, big and small. Um, I think to, to be seen by somebody of that, of that stature and with, with that kind of career is just really, really great. And I think, I think she's going to do well. I have hope. Well, let's hope. I mean, uh, let's hope this show actually airs and the strike is over when you guys get to see this. Um, I was in Screen Actors Guild at the age of 13 years old. Amazing. To join SAG was $250. And to get into SAG, you had to do a SAG job. Mm -hmm. To get a SAG job, you had to be in SAG. It mm -hmm. was the craziest thing. However, if you did an after job, it allowed you to get into SAG. To do an after job, you could be on a soap opera or you could be on the radio. I actually had a couple of lines on a soap opera. I got in SAG. Then I started working as a SAG actor. At that time, $250 to join the union, and you got health insurance. Did you do an under five on the soap? I remember when there were soap operas, they had yeah. these like roles that were like, you know, if you taught, if you spoke, that was a speaking role, but then there were under fives, which is like kind of speaking role, but like not really. There was a day player. Yeah. There was an under five. Yes. There was under eight. And then there was a recurring character, and if you had a role, you had a role. Yeah. I actually was on As the World Turns for a year with Marissa Tomei. Oh, God. Yeah, another my other Jesus. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll give it to you. Shocking, give it, I know. Give you a little history. <laughs> As the World Turns starred Marissa Tomei in certain scenes, vignettes, they would call them. And in the other ones was Meg Ryan. Oh. Now, I never really met Meg Ryan, but I had a bunch of scenes with Marissa, but nobody really knew anything about anybody's future. She was probably 19. I was mm -hmm. probably 23. Mm -hmm. She was one of the stars in those segments with another girl and two guys. I ended up getting on the show as an antagonist. You would cause trouble. But luckily, they kept my character coming back. And the lead guy in that antagonistic thing was mm -hmm. a car, race car driver. I was the mechanic and a hot-looking woman. So basically, I had a few lines all the time, and then I would get beat up. <laughs> that was it. And Tough actually, gig. I lost. I left the gig because I booked two weeks in Italy. Wow. It was join the Navy, see the world. I was a Navy guy. Oh, cool. I was probably 23 years old. They took six actors from New York, put us on a plane, sent us to Italy, it was join the Navy, see the world, and we filmed on a Navy aircraft carrier in Gaeta. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. Well, sort of. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, uh, I think this is like, I don't know, maybe 86, 87. I was born in 87. Oh, well, hello. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, they pulled the commercials because the Achille Laurel was hijacked out of some place in Italy and uh, it never aired. Oh. So I lost two jobs. Well, I crap. lost the soap and I lost the commercials. <laughs> God damn it. Showbiz. That, well, yeah, showbiz. Yeah, you get a showbiz. lot of, there's a lot of disappointment. But that was at a time where people would go out on commercial auditions like two, three a day, mm -hmm. every day. And I saw the same guys auditioning all the time and it was fun. It was totally a different business. And then when the commercials aired, you'd be like, oh, I can't believe he got it. But you would get the next one. It was a little easier. Yeah, I think... Uh, the acting business today is totally different. I don't I don't know that I mean I didn't love it when I was schlepping all over the city, going into room walking in the rooms. There's twenty U's sitting in the room. Twenty U's. There's twenty U's, you know, it's there's true. there's twenty cute brunettes. They all look like you. They're all, you know, gonna say, you know, do you want a, a grande or a venti? Like there's nothing groundbreaking that you could do. But I, I don't I don't like that everything is digital now and everything is like a self tape and everything is like that. Like I I always loved acting. I I think I'm in a, I, I always liked performing. I never liked the business that was acting. And I don't I definitely don't like it now. I think it's not fair. Sad because there's so many people and everybody and anybody and their sister thinks they can do what we do. 
And um, that's one of the reasons why I became a live performer, because when I was pursuing my career as an actor, mm -hmm. I was making good money. I was always doing something really, really cool. But when I moved to California, my face started changing, got a little older. Now you're in an any man's category. And you were going up against people who had either major credits or didn't have anything in common with you at all because the network didn't know what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, don't, they never know. And then I figured, you know, someone kept telling me, you know, you're funny, you're funny, you're people from back east, you're so funny, and you have blonde hair and blue eyes and you're Italian? Huh, that could work, that could work. So that's what got me into stand-up. Yeah, see, in L.A., they like, you know, the people from, with, with accents from the East Coast. It's mm -hmm. like a, you're very rare and they, you know, they, they really treat you well. Here, you're, you're a schnook, you know? Kind of. I, I can agree with that because... I was um, about maybe 17 years old, and I'll never forget it. I walked into a commercial agency, and I wanted to go out on commercial auditions. And the lady working there said, you're never going to work in this business. You sound like a dummy from New Jersey. And that accent's going to kill your career. So I came home. I cried to my mother. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. She goes, well, why don't you just work for your father? <laughs> construction. For your fa yeah, you're lucky you have a father in construction. Yeah, well, that could have been the choice. And then I... Uh, we used to crash commercial auditions. Like, if you didn't have the audition, mm -hmm. but you had friends that were going, you could crash it. Yeah, like, how do you crash today? What, do you just send an email that you're not mean, supposed I, yeah. to? Like, that's, it's bullshit. Wow, nothing. I didn't even think about that. You, you can't do that today. <clears throat> I, I haven't done live auditions, really. Uh, but I, I can't. I, I, I remember, yeah, you used to be, I remember when you used to, like, go to a building and go to an office yeah. and re, you know, like, some of mine were so bad, I, I would, like, leave and cry because I knew I blew it, you know? But that's the energy of being an actor. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, like, sitting in your room. It's like you're sitting in your room taping yourself. That's what I meant. I'm not good at that. I can't do it. I can't stand in front of a green screen with my sides and just read into the camera. It's not me. I really don't know how. I'm not good at editing. The funniest thing is when that lady told me that, I went to this audition for a United Airlines commercial and I wasn't supposed to be there, but I booked it. And when I booked it, I went to California to shoot it. And at that time, I never even was on a plane. I was 18 years old, 17, 18 years old. I had long, long blonde hair. They shaved my head. They made me a Marine. Who knew? Three months later, number one commercial. Ran for yeah. five years, bought a house on the Jersey Shore. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? My mother's, like... Uh, entrance into show business is pro is one of my favorite stories ever that you want to hear. Yes, your mom's still so, in showbiz. Yeah, she actually is. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. She um she did you ever see the movie Sleepers? Yes. Brad Pitt, Robert De Niro. Sure. So my mother was Shakespeare's mother, Lorenzo Carcaterra, the, the the book that the the gentleman who wrote the book Sleepers that right. the film is based on, and she got that role because she was a theater actress in Italy. And when she came to America, she had a theater company, a, so, a small theater company, and she would write and produce plays in dialects per, and perform them, not in Florentine Italian, which was actually brilliant because at the time in Brooklyn, everybody spoke Sicilian dialect or Bade's dialect or Neapolitan dialect. And these were people that weren't, you know, educate, formally educated, so they really didn't know Italian. So she really made plays so people could understand them. They were all sold out. Um, her last play was off-Broadway, and they did like a week run, and then they closed, and my father was like, if we do one more play, I'll divorce you, because it was madness, you know, like actors you know, act are nuts. Yeah. But she would cast real people, her friends, and she just knew that they were good, and they all were. Like when I watched these plays that, that were from the 80s, you know, I'm just like, Wow, that's like Comada Concetta. Wow, she was a really good actor. Like, my mom always had a really good eye for people like that. So, one day her friend calls her up and he's like, you, You're gonna, you should go to this movie audition. And she's like, I don't do movies. I'm a theater person. I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go. He's like, Go. They're not gonna pick you. Just go. So, that's. <laughs> the, <laughs> the They're yeah, not gonna pick you, but you should yeah, go. They, they, you're not gonna, it's like the lottery. You're not gonna win. Like, it's just whatever. So, she goes. And she thinks she's auditioning for a casting director. And the casting director asks her one question. What would you do if your husband came home drunk? 
and she was in a really bad mood that day. And she, my mother's a toucher. Like when she sits, when like we have dinner, like we don't sit her next to new people because she'll grab you, she'll, she'll assault you. <laughs> yeah. So like she started, she starts smacking the guy around. That was not the casting director. That was Barry Levinson, the director. He loved her. He cast her. And, you know, she came home and, uh, and I was eight years old. And she goes, I'm going to be in a movie with the Brett Pitt. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're a liar. And she was like, no, I am. And then, like, she was coming to pick me up from school. They had aged her. So her hair was all sprayed gray, like when she would leave set. It was, it was such a, a crazy fantastic. experience. That's and then... Years later, my nonna, my nonna Romana that everybody knows and loves, something similar happened because, you know, by then my mom was plugged into like the union, like the cat backstage. She would read back. Remember when backstage was a, was yes, a newspaper yes. that you had to buy? The Ross reports. Right, yes. So <laughs> she would read these and she saw this one casting for an Italian grandmother and it was an audition. So she had my, my grandma and her sister, my Aunt Rosa. They're like, you two should go. Why not? And they're like, ah, because they were sprightly then. They would like, you know, take the subway by themselves. They're very independent women. And um, my mother's like, they're not going to pick you. Just go. So they go. My nonna books this commercial for the Food Network. It films in South Africa. Oh, my gosh. In Cape Town, South Africa. She's 75 at the time. And the premise is that uh, this was even before I, did, I started cooking with nonna. The premise was that a young man in his 30s wants to marry my grandmother because she's such a good cook. Oh, wow. And my grandmother <laughs> has been widowed since she's 29. Oh, no, really? Yeah, and, like, this guy's, like, nuzzling her. And she was like, she was like, you know, at the audition, though, they gave me this nice, tall, young man. And then when I go to the set, it's a short Puerto Rican. And she was pissed. All right, Nona. <laughs> she was like, I would never be with this guy. <laughs> but she had the best time. They assigned her a production assistant because we were like, oh, take care of her. You know, be careful. They're like, no, 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 she'll be a princess. And she, she got a per diem, like in uh, in African money, in Rand or whatever. She saved it all. She, like, squirreled it all away. Like, she she went shopping with it. She loved it. So your family's, like, really in show business. My it's great family's that your mother insane. Was... My parents are crazy. My Do me a crazy. favor before we go any further. Could you explain to everybody who's going to be watching this what dialect means? What dialect means? Uh, so in, in Italy, there's Florentine Italian that is technically was a dialect. Um, so they just picked one dialect for and made it the whole country's language. So there's proper Italian, which is called Fiorentino or Florentine. And then what I like to think of Italy has is actually thousands of regional languages because when you're from Italy, especially southern Italy, every single town has their own kind of language or and they, they say words with different accents and different uh, inflections and stuff. So I speak my family, my, my town's native dialect that nobody even really speaks anymore. Um, but I also speak Florentine Italian, which a lot of people don't believe. Um, they it's, don't believe I speak Italian because I talk, you know, because I speak English with a Brooklyn accent, I must not speak Italian. And they also think I don't eat, which is which is nonsense. Well, you're thin and you're in great shape, so most people would think that, that you don't eat. But the reason why I wanted to explain dialect is because I don't know how many other cultures actually have it. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I went to Italy, I them. did have a little bit of my mother's language in me. So when I tried to talk to people in Rome, they actually looked at me and said, speak English. Yeah, because someone from Rome isn't going to understand you. Yeah, I didn't even understand that. But it's almost hard to figure out. It'd be like if you're living in the state of New Jersey, but each town has a different dialect. Yes. It's like a different, there's just that a different many. language. Yeah, they're, and they're languages because when there's literature and music and... In, in in a language it's a language you know so i i my my best friend pat who i do the italian american podcast with fights and says i don't like the word dialect they're regional languages so that's what i call them i remember when i walked in some place in rome and i was like hey get each and they're like what'd you say i'm like i don't know my mother told me to say it <laughs> <laughs> she went for this sandwich we might as well go into some eating because I mean, she does do a food show and i'm glad she picked it up and she bit it it's staring at me. It's a good sandwich. I'm glad you grabbed that. There's a food truck in uh, Scotch Plains, New Jersey. It's called Mr. Uh, it's called Big C's, and the guy's from Naples. And uh, 
he makes the most incredible gourmet sandwiches. And I remember when I went over there and they said, you got to go to this guy's food truck. And I'm like, you know, I really don't want to do the whole roach coach thing. It's not me. I want to eat healthy. And they're like, no, no, man, you got to go to this guy. He's a chef, a real chef. He actually could come to your house and mm. do this whole big um, dinner thing. So I thought it might be cool if we've been into some sandwiches because this is a very gorgeous model type uh, influencer, and I wanted to see how funny she would look grabbing one of these big sandwiches. But now that I know she's from Brooklyn, she's like, you know what? Get, get your elbows off the table. I eat a sandwich like this for breakfast. <laughs> Which one do you have? I have sausage and pepper. Oh, sausage and pepper. This is a chicken cutlet. How this gorgeous is, is that? It reminds me of the feast, the sausage and peppers. It's good. But I like that the bread is soft because when it's too hard, you know, it's a mess. Everything falls. You know, it's, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Mm -hmm. I heard the Brooklyn in that. Mm -hmm. I hear the Brooklyn a lot. It's very different from New Jersey. A lot of people say to me when I go to California, mm -hmm. are you from Brooklyn? I'm like, no, actually, they sound a little bit different. That's the outer boroughs. A lot of people in Manhattan actually don't have an accent. It's Brooklyn, Staten Island, Long Island. What else is out there? Queens. They have accents that you can actually separate. It's dialects. <laughs> I feel like Staten Island developed a very unique cadence over the years. Like the Staten Island's like twang is is, is different to me. It's like um it's like they it's like oh she's severe that one. Like they just use words that don't fit in in context, but like they make it work. What's going on with your acting career now because now that I listen to all of this stuff, I can see that you would be great in a TV show or in movies. You know, I really don't I really don't pursue acting that much. I think I'm, I'm very busy with what I do now. I run an e-commerce platform called BottegaDelAnona.com. I've written three cookbooks. Um, I might do another one, you know, like I'm a smart person now that writes books. You know, I didn't think I was going to go to college, but I wrote books. It's great. Um, I And I influence, so to speak. I, I, I don't really love that term, influencer, because it's not really – I'm a business – I'm an entrepreneur, first of all. I mean – do I influence people to like, you know, uh, to cook with their grandmothers? Uh, I think so because I was the first nonna influencer, nonna content creator back in 2009. And now everybody, you know, is doing it because everybody has a phone, you know, can do it with their phone. I couldn't do it with my phone back then. You know, you had to create long form content. I really tried to make it look like a real show. Um, uh, acting, it's not at the top of my of my mind anymore i think because like i'm not going to self-tape myself and and email it to susan you know and casting and stuff who but someone is going to be watching what you're doing and say hey you know what i think she might be right for this project that we're doing and you know what if that happens then that's serendipitous and that's great and i think that the best um the best actors you know, uh, come out like that because somebody writes something for that for that person. And I know from my mother that you know when you're when you're an artist and when you're a writer, especially, you get inspired by a character. You know, then you're gonna write a really great part for them. You know, instead of just trying to make these people read words that that don't fit them. I think you know, art imitates real life. In most, so in most how did cases. how did you come up with the, the the cooking show with your nona? So I was gonna be a teacher, and um, I was living with my nona in college. I lived with her all through college. I dormed with her because nice Italian girls are not allowed to dorm. You know, my, my father Vito's here. He wasn't gonna pay for that. He was Vito's over not. here. Yeah, absolutely she not. Came with protection. With protection. I mean, he's really just I my admire ride. That. <laughs> he's my Uber. My my dad still has kind of an accent. Right, he Dad? Does. He does. Absolutely. Absolutely. He said yes. <laughs> he drove me here, you know? I, that's why I don't uh, that's why I didn't like Jersey either. I didn't like to drive. This is the suburbs. Yeah, I don't like it. Um so we were having dinner one night and he was like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Because you're gonna be a terrible teacher. We all know. And I was like, You all know? Did you like have a summit and, and decide? Maybe you wanted to tell me that? And I just blurted out, I want to have a cooking show one day. That's the greatest job in the world. And we both looked at my nana, and she was, you know, being cute, you know, cleaning the table. And I was like, he goes, we should call it cooking with nana. 
that would be so cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that's funny, whatever. So a week later, he bought me the web domain, cookingwithnona.com. And it was like a big deal then to like buy a website. Yeah. You know, it's not like today. It was like, then it was cool. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the internet was new, guys. Like, so the, then- The dot com era. Yeah, it, it was a thing, you know? Then a week after that, he started construction on this rollaway islands that if you watch my old um, YouTube videos, I would cook on this island and it had wheels and it would roll out of the kitchen and stuff and it had a stove top so we could, you know, film film appropriately. And we had a set and we had a website and we were like, shit, we gotta make a show now. And, you know, we, we just, <laughs> we, we hired a, a production company, which was the dumbest thing we could have ever done. <laughs> and we like, we just started doing it. My mother called my friend's mom. She's like, Rosalia, you wanna be a nonna on Rosella's show? You know, my mother was out of casting and we just started making episodes. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was doing it. Is Nona on your father's side or your mother's side? She's my mother's mother. Your mother's mother? Yeah. And then she quickly kind of became like the Beyonce of what I do because she's all the Nona that I've worked with. I mean, I've, I've probably cooked with over a hundred women in, in since 2009, but my Nona means something so special to people. I think everybody sees somebody that they loved in her yes whether it was their mother their known yes the lady across the street oh because i think because she's very not she my nonna is the last of the mohicans you know no no hair dye no makeup the the stockings the never wore pants in her entire life she's just really that old school the house coat yeah the vestalia yeah so that's she's, that's house coat in italian mm-hmm yeah. We always said house coats. The so, house so coat, house you're, dress. You're hundred percent right because when I watch, I look and I say to myself, "Oh man, if only my parents were still around. Mm -hmm. Only if my grandmother was still around. She dressed like that. She acted like that, and she was just that kind and sweet. And the food was more important than anything. And the family was more important than anything. They didn't even know. And you know, I never said pasta till I moved to California. Macaroni. It was macaroni. Uh, we had macaroni um, twice a week, and then Sunday at three o'clock. Didn't even say macaroni. Macaronis. The macaroni. It was a. Yeah. It, it was an S on the end. Put the max on. Yeah, my mother would say, you, "Wake your father. The water's up." That's Somebody my here. dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's going here. to the bathroom. Your dad's here. My dad's here. Yeah, we're, we're we're protected. Yeah, it's great. But um, I miss that so much. And growing up here in this house, everybody did do everything, especially in this town, in the basement. Mm -hmm. That's why yeah. I called it live from my mother's basement. That's where I lived with Nona, in the basement. In the basement. Yeah. We were renting the other floors out, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, not that's, to, right. that's not even supposed to be funny. That's literally how we live. I mean, that's how Italian people live. You have, like, the nice area. It's the showroom where you got all your, your china closet and stuff yes. and your plastic-covered furniture or whatever. And then you live... You do your living in the basement. In the basement. And we're still in the basement. We're still living in the basement. I My love mother, a good basement. You know, half the things that were done here in the basement were technically illegal. To have a stove down here, to have a bathroom down here. Yeah. There's no vents. The smoke would have to go out a window pipe or something like that. But it is now because I remodeled it to make of it legal. Of course it is. The corner is still the same. <laughs> and uh, that's my where my mother would cook and have all. And then... Of course, the table in the corner is for the kids' table, mm -hmm. and then this table here was for the adults. The kids always said, you know, I can't wait till one of the adults passes away so I could bump up to the adult table. That Formica held up beautiful. <laughs> really it's not even from this house. They would take things from other people's yeah. houses and yeah. put it down here. Because so it's still good. It is. You know, because why, why waste it? Why waste anything? You know, we, oh, if, no. if we have to, we'll make a fort outside for the kids. It's just really, really great that you're doing what you're doing. I enjoy watching, and it does. You struck a nerve. So many people look at you, Nona, going, wow. Yeah. Wow, look at how nice this is. And you're really, really talented at what you do. So Thank you wrote you. three cookbooks? Yeah, I did in five years. Holy crap. Yeah, that was, it was a crazy time. But um, And yeah. so you're a gourmet cook? I mean, you, you, you like... How do you know how to create a cookbook that you know all these recipes? Because I cook, I, when I was in college, I mean, I, I always took cooking for granted. I think I always learned through osmosis because of the family that I was in. My, my family is a really big food family. Like, we would jar the tomatoes every, every September. My, my dad makes limoncello. You know, my mom, 
It's just a little lazy in the kitchen. But, you know, when she has to cook, she cooks, and she cooks better than, like, normal people. You know, um, and my nonna always cooked every single day. So I knew how to cook, and but I thought that was normal. And then when I went to college and I saw that people, like, didn't cook, they had microwaves. I never had a microwave growing up. We weren't allowed to have one. Yeah, I don't think we had a microwave. So, like, I, I knew how to make pasta. And so, you know, that's easy crap, you know? And uh, I guess I just didn't realize it was exceptional until I started, you know, my, my cooking show. And, and I just, the time that I lived with her, it was like going to my own little culinary school because she would cook something different every day and I would get to see her and I would get to watch her do it. And I would get to learn, you know, every, I would be doing my homework and she would like sprawl out the tarali to glaze them. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I have a paper due, you know. Yeah, they, they didn't understand boundaries. Nana doesn't uh, doesn't do boundaries very well. You'd be like in the shower washing your hair. She'd like open the curtain, you know, be like, "What do you want to eat later?" And I'm like, "Can we have one conversation when I'm not naked? <laughs> Just one?" Because you know she grew up with seven kids in her house, and oh, yeah. yeah, in Italy, and you know there was not a lot of privacy. You know. How many brothers and sisters you have? I only have one, and uh, I joke. I say my brother's a Jew. Why? Because he's, like, not Italian. Oh, no? No, not at all. No. Really? Yeah, and he moved to Canada. Ugh, not even close Canada. He moved to very far away Canada. He moved to Vancouver Island, Canada. There's no more Canada Why left. Why would he go there? A woman. Oh, Canadian he's woman. A Canadian woman. She's lovely. I got to say, she's very nice. She's not Italian? She's not Italian. But she's wonderful. It's a, you know, she's, she's a doll. I love her. She has my nephew now. And, the, you know, we recently took a trip to uh, Canada, to Comox, British Columbia, where my brother lives. I call it coconuts. Actually, my mother called it coconuts. She's like, hey, when are we going to go to uh, co 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 coconuts? And so now, now I just call it coconuts. And I documented it all on my Instagram stories. And people were invested in this trip to coconuts. Like, you have no idea because it took three flights and 18 hours to get there because Vito, the travel agent, you know, uh, we couldn't do, you know, New York, Vancouver, Vancouver, coconuts, right? There were no flights? No. No, there weren't, right? Well, you had to no. take puddle are jumpers. You, are you sure? No, because at first, at first, listen to what he says to me at first. At first he goes, okay, so it's going to cost over $1,000 each to go there. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, but if we take a plane to Seattle and drive, oh no, if we take the plane to Vancouver and drive to the island, it's a little bit less, but not a lot. But if we take the plane to Seattle and drive from there, it's like half the price. And I was like, <laughs> are you talking, are you talking about a flight, a six hour flight to, to Seattle? Then we gotta take a, a, a four hour drive to uh Van to Vancouver and then another two hour drive to Vancouver Island. Are you on drug? Was there no donkey option? <laughs> why don't we sweat? Why don't we just walk? <laughs> like uh, honestly, so here I am. I'm I'm a 36 year old divorcee sitting in between my two parents on on the tiny planes. They were all because it was all three. It was three short flights. So it was like tiny planes. And I'm just like the the curb your enthusiasm music. It's playing in my head. It's like da 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 da. -da, -da. Like because when you're when you're my age and your parents are that age, your your parents are your kids, you know. And when you have the parents that I have, my mother's like a crazy actress. So <laughs> it's like you have to have the juice boxes and you have to have the snacks and you have to make sure everybody went to the bathroom and you have to you know. It's like you gotta watch them, and and who's using me for a pillow. And who didn't get their pretzels? And and uh, it was a lot. Sounds like a stand-up routine. It was. It was just. I, no, I don't stand up. I'm sitting down. You're gonna I, have to do some stand-up. No, you would be it. hilarious. No, on I can't stage. do. It. I'm not funny like that. I trained at uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade because I wanted to be funny like that. I thought I could have been funny like that. Turns out I'm not that funny, and I'm too attractive. Well, yeah. um, I, that could make a lot of sense, it I did. think. Uh, but I'm going to show you some things that I'm working on, and you're going to say, you know what, I'm right for that. I could do that. I could, I could make do that it, funny. But like a, a stand-up set, I think what you do is tremendous. And like what, st what stand-up comedians do, pe what people don't realize is that you write a set. 
Yeah. Stand up comedians are all writers. We are. And you have to be a good writer. And then yes, you, you do. You, and then you got to perform what you write. And you got to hit it every single time. You know? And that's not easy to do because sometimes the people are, you, you know, are taking it. They're, they're receiving it and stuff. And when you have that energy going, it's great. And then sometimes there's people and everything falls on the floor and you want to kill yourself. Yes, you do. Yeah, it's a hard. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, I don't make them laugh every time. I make people laugh a lot, actually. But but you when know. you say, you know, you have to take care of your parents, this is going to become slowly but surely some of my new stand-up because I do take care of my father. Yeah. And I find mm -hmm. myself talking to my father the way he spoke to me when I was a kid. I said to him the other day, you know, as soon as you're done eating, you're going right to bed because I can't take it. Yeah. You got, you're in timeout. Yeah. That's it. Well, well, who taught you how to act like this? What kind of a guy are you? Yeah. Uh-huh. You. It's sad, but uh, that's the reality of uh, how the world changes when your family gets older. Oh, my mother with Facebook and TikTok and stuff. I didn't want to do it for her. I how didn't... come your mom's not the, the side chef like Nona? Because I think it skipped a generation. I mean, listen, my mother is good at lots of things. I mean, she's an artist. She's a, she's a painter. She went to the Academy of Fine Arts. She's she's a painter. She's a writer. She's a like a, an artist, a, a, you know, an actor. I mean, we, we need more things. Like, right. you know, she's good at some stuff. No, the Nona is a good pick. I mean, she's really, really great. But now my mother is more the Nona... You know, uh, it's just the natural progression of life because my nonna is 90. She suffered a stroke last year. She can't do what she used to do anymore. Um, so my mother does come in, you know, and cook with me sometimes because, you know, she loves the adoration. Angela loves a crowd, loves an adoring public. But when she's, when she's like, her videos go out, she has her own account and she comments back to everybody. She loves that. You know, she loves, my mother would have been a fantastic actress like in the 40s, you know, like when Joan Crawford would sign all her, yeah. would wake up at four o'clock in the morning. She's not in the business anymore, your mom? She is, but like, you know, she never, she wasn't at that, she, she never got to that like, but she would be like, you know, signing all her autographs by hand right. and mailing them out. But she admires what you're doing. She's like, wow, this is really cool. Oh, yeah. my Both my parents. I, I was very blessed to have supportive parents, to have parents that are a little bit crazy, like the good crazy, um, to have parents for, you know, old school Italian first generation parent, you know, generation zero parents. My parents let me model. They let me try so many things. Like, they really never told me, Rosella, be realistic about anything if i had a crazy stupid dream they made it crazier and bigger and stupider they never told me go get a city job go get a job with benefits yeah go into you know but watching your show from what i see and what i know it kind of looks like a big network would just pick you up and say hey this is a great idea we love what you're doing and we'll air your episodes or is that just something that you hear all the time I hear that. I mean, call, call me. I'm here. What are you? I'm, I'm easy to find. Uh, what do you just call me? I'm available. Sure, but like it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't materialized that way. Um, and if it does, it does. If it doesn't, I think I am so. I was almost on TV so many times. I had a shopping agreement with this production company and this production company and this manager and this, and you know and Abrams artist told me nobody was ever going to watch the Marissa Tomei cooking show so I you know that's when I changed my voice you know jokes on you Todd um and I've just heard no so many times and I've had so many things fall apart that people don't realize I, I started such a long time ago and then you see like what you were saying earlier like when you see an influencer open up for you or something when I see these kids that like, you know, they get they get a viral video because they ate a sandwich in their car once, you know, it, it, you feel some kind of way. <laughs> we'll be right back after this commercial break. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, hey, you know, it's funny because when I watch coming from my background and what I feel and what I see, I'm just like, oh, wow, I would rather watch that than uh, Rachel Ray. Put that show on the network. I'll watch that show. I want to be in the studio audience and I want to meet those people. I want to meet those people. I want to be on that show. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I want to do something with those people. I, I, and it, that's, that's what I see. Yeah. And you do it so well 
in my mind, I'm like, wow, they must be extremely successful. I wonder if they're making a lot of money. And then I call my producer and I'm like, I got to get that girl on our podcast. Let's talk to her. Let's see what she's doing. I want to talk to her about the voices we do in my series called The Adventures of G.I. Giovanni, which I'm going to show you oh. because maybe you would like to be one of the voices in the show. Oh, cool. And what I am fortunate enough to do is when I do my vignettes and we put them on YouTube, um, we get some streaming deals. And I use stand-up comics in what I do so that we can tour. So if I was to say, hey, uh, The Adventures of the G.I. Giovanni is airing Thursday night at 8 o'clock, or if you want to come and see the cast live, we're Friday night at so-and-so's comedy club. So they meet us, yet they get to see the actual show show. Oh. I capitalize on it. So if I was to say, hey, catch Rosella from Cooking with Nona as... Barbie doll in the G.I. Giovanni series. They'd be like, oh, wow, she's doing the voices in that series? I get to and be I'm like, Barbie. yes. Oh. oh, wait till I show you what we're doing. You're going to want to do it. Okay. Because it's so stupid funny. You have to. I, I'm lucky enough that we did that, and it comes from silliness that happens in my life. Like like what you do. As most things do. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it would be really cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it to cool. you. You're going to be like, wait a minute. I'd like to try that. Well, you know, a a network, of, I'm not dead yet, so a network could still pick me up. You're never going to be dead. I'm You're going to keep on going. you got a great vehicle, and um, I, I like the way you, you talk. I like the way you present yourself. Who even knew all of this? I thought I did enough research to have you on the show. Now what I feel did like you know? Watching the Instagram <laughs> What shows. did you know? Like, what did you... What, what, cooking with Nona. The, just cooking with Nona? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've had a, I've had a, I'm lucky. I've had a long, kind of a long career still at this point and you know what it takes I, I think because I kind of wasn't successful for such a long period of time that like there was kind of like a a, a time in that that was so dead where you're like asking yourself like should I be doing this is this worth it what am I doing like you know as most people who start their own things do because you know I had I had side jobs I mean oh my god you wouldn't believe the things that I had to do to, yes like, I would to, I would to, believe it to make money and then um you know and then you, you start doing better and then you start doing better and then you but I always and then people think that you just started now you know can I always say it takes 10 years to become an overnight success 30 years. Or, or 30. 30 yeah. years. Or 30. No, when I'm watching your show, I'm saying, okay, this girl's killing it. And um, I, didn't, I didn't think it was that long of a period of time because it does look like, wow, wonder how long they've been doing this, probably a year or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, Shot through the roof. I can always tell when somebody's new. No. Well, when somebody's successful, we'll talk about that off the camera because I, when you mention the people that eat biting a sandwich in the car, I say to myself, "Why do I, I bother writing jokes?" Yeah, like why? Why, like, do, I, why do I even bother? Son of a bitch! You know, uh, I, I I see it too. We all, I think we all feel it. Like I, the thing is, is that like I've had such a different path that. Uh, the way I respect, you know, uh, the medium of filmmaking or video making, as we have to call it today. I mean, I, I, the, until you're wearing a summer dress and pretending it's a in, in a in 20 degrees, and you know you're not allowed to pee because the AD says that you can't go to the bathroom yet, and we're waiting to break for lunch, and you're and you're trying to get you're just trying to get to your second meal penalty, and you just got to get enough SAG days so you can make your insurance that year. Um, you know, I worked to be here so hard for so many years in a different, in a capacity that most of these people, you know, just eating sandwiches in their car, making funny videos will never have so, to understand. So happy that you just said what you said. You know, pay attention, everybody. Did you hear what she just said? Yeah. She broke her ass to get to this level and she's going to keep on breaking her ass till she gets to another level. And that level is going to say, you know what, there's another level and you're going to keep on going but because there's something about being in the entertainment business that you can't shake it. It's like a drug. But you I think it's, it. it's also about being Italian American and like being raised with um, such really strict like work values. Uh, uh, I mean, my, my parents are kind of both workaholics. We never, we never really rested. We never believed in in extended vacations and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think when I when I wrote my first book, like I showed my parent, I showed my father. My father was like, "Good, do it again," 
You know, like it wasn't like, oh my God, my daughter wrote a book. Like there was no party, you know, we celebrated. There was no trophy for me. And uh, I just always treat the, the top of one mountain like it's the bottom of another one. You getting a call? Somebody's calling. No, Who this is house is so old school. It still has a regular phone that never rings. It's a landline. Who is it? I have no idea. It's probably solicitation because no one knows this phone number anymore. Wow. Isn't that something? A person is calling the phone. It could be the neighbor saying, who's in the basement? <laughs> what are you guys yelling about? The first I time. am loud. Yes, I like it. Sorry. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. a good recording. I'm not, I'm not docile. I'm not like one of those quiet little That's people. great. Well, you mentioned just a little while ago, uh, divorcee. Yeah, what are you going to do? You have kids? No. What happened? What do you mean? The divorce. What made you get, have it get a divorce? Uh, Italian people usually stick together no matter what. He sucked. I'm great. We got divorced. All right, perfect. It's okay. And we'll be right back it's after fine. this commercial break. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, getting back to three cookbooks, mm -hmm. how many recipes do you know? Um, I, I, I know a lot, you know. You, there's that many recipes that you can have three cookbooks? Yes. There's there's an infinite amount of recipes. I mean, the, the, the books are, the first two books were um, the recipes and stories because I, I don't just write cookbooks. Whenever I write write a book, I, I never want to set out to just write a cookbook. So I, I interviewed 30 different nonnas, nonna, for, uh -huh. for each book, and I wrote their life stories. Because it, it, I really wanted it to be about the women behind the food, you know? And, like, nonnas are, are, are people that, you know, you kind of took for granted. Until now, every, now it's sexy to be a nonna. Now it's cool. But, you know, nobody ever thought, like, this is the cornerstone of a family. Like, I should say thank you. We should, we should really, like, you know, pay tribute to women like this who just, they were ordinary women living extraordinary lives as far as I could see. So I, I included, uh, my first book I think had 140 recipes. Wow. I, I had to test them all myself because I had a small publisher and you know, there wasn't, nobody gets writes books to be a millionaire unless you're a real housewife. Oh, and you have to write the books yourself when you're not a real housewife. I found that out the hard way. And um, you have to test all your recipes because otherwise you know people are gonna make the stuff and it's not gonna come out good and they're gonna get really pissed off. And, and they were all gonna tell me on Facebook that they were very pissed off at me. So I, had to I tested 140 recipes in 30 days. You know, and by the wow. end of it, I looked like I made meth in a garage. <laughs> it was just me and a gallon of Carlo Rossi in a dream. And um, and and then the second book was a holiday book. Uh, same amount of recipes. I'm insane. You know, uh, I didn't I, I had a mental illness. I just don't learn. And I nothing test, repeated um, a few of them, like 10 maybe repeated. You're not allowed to repeat too many. And then the third book is called Cooking with Nona Sunday Dinners, and that came out last October. And that book I wrote all about my Nona. So I wrote her story of immigration, first to Venezuela, because she went to Venezuela first, and then she came to America. So, and I wrote about, it was really like a love letter to my Italian childhood, um, to my Italian-American identity, and I included a lot of dishes that were a fusion of Italian-American cuisine, because Italian-American cuisine gets a bad rep. Where, where it's it's people say that it's not real Italian food, it's blasphemous, you know, we're <clears throat> Gavones over here. But I think, to me, I wrote about SpaghettiOs and how I really wanted a can of SpaghettiOs because I wanted to be connected to my American side. And my parents said, you know, if you bring this in the house, we're going to kick you out. So one day my nonna felt bad for me and she made me SpaghettiOs, but like from scratch. <laughs> SpaghettiOs are really a, a, a ring-shaped pasta called Annaletti and they're from Sicily. And then she made meatballs and then she made a sauce. And, you know, she wanted me to feel like I was Italian and American too. So I included a lot of dishes like that that really represent, that are unapologetically Italian-American. You know, I parmed everything. Did you know the history of... Uh... Chef Boyardee and how they actually made that. I the don't, cans. I don't know. I know he's from I remember, Ohio. I remember when they, when I was going to grammar school and the kids all had Chef Boyardee mini raviolis mm. and I would say to my mother, Mom, I want those mini raviolis. And she goes, I will slap the shit out of you if yeah. you ever come home with that You're not can. my son. Yeah. Yes, no way. Your mother eats fresh. We don't get anything from a can or a jar. Nothing's from a can or a jar. I'm like, yeah, but the kids, they ate it, they ate it, they ate it. And um, I was in San Francisco, and I saw a, 
a history about Chef Biardi. That's mm-hmm. his real name. They changed it to Boyardi. It's boy. Mm-hmm. It's B O I, B Boyardi. B O I A R D I. Yeah. Boyardi. Yeah. The TV commercials. But it, they were changed cool. it they, to B O Y A R D E E. Something so like Americans that to, to jingle. And yeah, yeah, yeah. From Chef Boyardi, and then yep. you're like, well, I gotta have it. Yeah, it was addictive. It was, oh, you know what I was obsessed with? My friend who was allowed to have a microwave because I wasn't allowed to have a microwave. Um, kids cuisine. Those TV dinners. They were TV dinners, but for kids. And they would have like <laughs> mac and cheese or something, or this terrible thing. And then they had this shitty brownie. I would <laughs> have killed for that shitty brownie when I was seven. I really would. It was it was amazing. I, I wanted those things so bad, and I was never allowed to have them. <laughs> Let me ask this question, because I was uh, in Los Angeles for a really long time, and there's not a lot of Italians out there, but on the outskirts of Los Angeles, there is. There's San Pedro. There's um, my, One of my San best Francisco. friends runs the Italian-American Museum of L.A., so they're, I mean, the Gatto, Gatta. Yeah, got it. Mariana, sure. you know her? Very well. She's cute, huh? Yes. Uh-uh. She's still single? Yes. Boom. She never returns my phone calls. Oh. Nothing. Uh-oh. Here's a strange thing. <laughs> I was on the board of directors and one of the creators of the Feast of San Gennaro in Los Angeles. Okay. There was 12 Italian with, guys with Jimmy and girls. Kimmel? Yes. Yeah. I could tell you how the whole thing started for real. We'll, We'll talk about that when this okay. taping is over. Ooh. So we all collaborated. We all got our shit together, and we made one of the most incredible feasts probably in the United States. Uh-huh. I heard good Fifth, things. Fifth, sixth year, it was out of control. We dwarfed the size of New York. Then towards the end, I think 12 years later, it all started falling apart because Italians fight. And their egos destroyed we can't everything. We're not like the Jews. And it's kind of strange. It was heartbreaking. I was kind of like, what are you all arguing about? We're supposed to all be on the same team. And we lost the Feast of San Gennaro. We lost the Sons of Italy. And then we lost Columbus Day. Oh. And I was around for all of that. And I fought and fought and fought. And uh, away it went. So I hope it doesn't happen on the East Coast. No, no, no. Mariana Gano, yeah, she's in charge of the uh, the Historical Society she's in, in Los Angeles. She's the best. Met her time and time again. Love her. Love her. I love her. She's great. So do you ever think that sometimes maybe just the Italians just don't stick together the right way? We don't stick together at all. I mean, and like the Jews say, when, when one Jew makes money, five Jews make money. Mm-hmm. Italians want, a, want one Italian to make money and five Italians to go broke. It's sad, isn't it? Like, how do you unite us? How do you unite a people that cannot agree on a meatball recipe? We can't agree on anything. I went on a talk show about 10 years ago, and the the producer was a friend of mine, and he said, I need you to hit a home run. I'm new here, and you're on the show. Please do something out of control. So I went, let's make America Italian again. The motto was going to be, you don't know nothing, you don't see nothing, you don't say nothing. And it went fucking viral like crazy. And I was just a comedian thinking, you think that would be funny? And my friend got a raise, and now he's one of the executive producers over at the network, and I ended up touring the country. Well, that's good. But I did have people say to me, you know, you shouldn't talk like that. The Italians need to uh, show that we're not in the mob, and we're not this, and we're not that. And I go, who said that? I didn't say that. I was I was kidding. It's a joke. And there are those Italians that that don't want to be Italian. You know, <laughs> they're they're the self hating Italians. You know that they don't want to or and that they don't um, want to be Italian American. I think the Italian American culture almost has a negative connotation. You know, to to some people now, and they associate it with uh, uh, cafonery. That's a word I made up. Um, that Gavonery? Gavonery. Gavon? Gavonery or something. And, and I, I've always, I always maintain that Italian-American food and culture is very much its own culture. It is. And, and we should be proud what of a, it. What other culture has that many dialects? It, but it's, it's more about, it's, it's just about the influence of America and roots in Italy that creates such a beautiful culture that I'm very proud of and that I, you know, that I live very proud, uh, very, you know, uh, in every aspect of my life, you know? 
Absolutely. I, you are absolutely fantastic and great. I'm glad that you could care less about sauce or gravy because you're just coming to dinner no matter what, as long as the good people are coming. I know a lot of people like to say to me, why do you say gabagool? Why do you say uh, manigot? I'm like, I don't know. My mother did. But oh, that's a Jersey thing. She's not from New Jersey. But who <laughs> I don't know why she said that. Why do we have to always take ourselves care. so seriously? Like people get mad that I say shvoyedel. I know it's shvoyedela. I know, or, you know, what's the, who dies because I said shvoyedel? Oh, is that the way you it's say cute. that? That's the way I said it. It's nice. It's it, it, it just it rolls off the tongue better. It's like, uh, you know, when people overpronounce Italian words all the time, when mm -hmm. it's just like not the, the time or the place, it annoys me. I don't even like shoyadels. I'm not even, not, a cano like I'm not even a cannoli either, guy. But, you know, the, I use it as a euphemism for, for something, and I'll tell you later. But, like, it's... You know, it's like the the It's just it sounds cuter to me. I like it. Why can't I say it? I like it. We grew up on icebox cake. Oh, icebox cake. Ice That's like cake. when you do a layer Graham of cookies crackers, and then yeah. you put the pudding and then I've done it. Yeah, graham crackers. Cake. I do an icebox cake. I make it Italian, but I I make it. We grew up poor, so you got icebox cake. It's delicious. And it was delicious. I love icebox cake. Supposedly we had macaroni all the time because we were poor and it was easy and cheap. That's why I tell people all the time, if you go to a restaurant and the pasta is expensive, you're not going to like it. Go to a regular place and they'll put a lot of pasta in the plate and it's going to be delicious. And then you're going to go home with some extra. My favorite place to eat like a pound and a half of pasta <laughs> at a time is Ortobello's on Bay Parkway in Brooklyn, the in Bensonhurst. Andy will give you, I mean, it will give you two pounds of pasta. You know, out the, the portions are enormous. You can't finish anything. I love that. It's See, you, you would go like home it with extra. Yeah, I'd be afraid. I got to go to Brooklyn, but I'll go. Why do you think Brooklyn's scary? What I don't do you know. think's Everybody in Brooklyn? thinks the mob's in Brooklyn. The mob has not been in Brooklyn. <laughs> I mean, not, it's been thir 30 years ago. Jeez. The good old days. They're all in college. <laughs> They're all studying. Hey, Benny, how long have you been in college? You're 40 years now. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you on the internet and where they can buy your book. I'm at Rosella Rago pretty much everywhere, R-O-S-S-E-L-L-A-R-A-G-O. -L -L um, and I am Cooking with Nona on Facebook. You can buy my books everywhere. Books are sold. Uh, but if you want an autographed copy, go to bottegadelanona.com. I know, guys, it's a horrible name. I, Bottega was already taken. I like it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming down the basement Thanks and hanging out with me. us. I really I can't believe you came all the way from Brooklyn to hang around with me in my basement. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to thank my producer, Tatiana Blueshell, for always making sure we have a great podcast. You can watch me every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock exclusively now on my YouTube channel, which is Mike Marino Live. And you can also listen to it on Spotify and all your podcast favorite channels. And go to MikeMarino.net and find out when I'm performing in your neighborhood. I have a funny feeling I'm going to get her to come with me on tour. And you're going to see something really, really funny and special. So let's make America Italian again, everybody. You know my motto. You don't know nothing. You don't see nothing. You don't say nothing. And how do I end? Every single one of my podcasts would always say the same thing with my guest. Don't take no shit from nobody. I never do. You ready? Yeah. No, we're going to say it together. Oh, okay. Uh don't, Don't take, take no, no shit, shit from, from nobody. nobody. <laughs> Notice she said, I never do. I... She's the first person on the show to say, I don't <laughs> take no shit from nobody. I'm going to end it like that from now on. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>